1: Hello and welcome to Just Films and That. This is the podcast that celebrates films we reckon might be underrated or underseen. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam, and it was his turn to pick the film this week, and he went with Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer from 2007. So let's get to it. Bit of a fun one this week as we follow on from Fantastic Four into Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, so very excited about that. But first, Josh, why don't you tell our listeners all about our Patreon?
0: Yeah, so just a little bit before we get started, if you want a little bit of extra content from us or some bonus stuff or access to episodes a day early, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Just Films and that. The link to that will be in the episode description for this, wherever you're listening to it. Um, There's loads of tiers there, loads of bonus content, all tiers contain um access to episodes a day early and all the episodes on there are extended by a little bit as well and the 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 prices start from a a quid a month so if you fancy a little bit of stuff get on over there patreon.com forward slash just films and that
1: Fabulous. Thank you so much, Josh. And then back to this week's film. So Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver (laughs) Surfer. So like I said, we did Fantastic Four last week. And then in a stroke of genius, Josh, just as we were finishing that episode, you thought, why don't we? Why don't we do it? Let's do the sequel, which also may be underrated Mm. or underseen which is very exciting so this film is from 2007 spoiler warning listeners if you haven't seen it yet so josh do tell us what is the film about and why did you pick it
0: (laughs) so fantastic four uh, rise of the silver surfer follows on from the first fantastic four film which we did last week we find our heroes um i don't really know how long after them being the fantastic four it is. i think it's about the same amount of time that passed between the films which is about a year or two uh, yeah, like
1: not, anyway, not long, eh, yeah, not they're, long. Yeah,
0: they're, they're cracking on, do, doing what they're doing, saving the world, being heroes. At the meantime, uh, Reed and Sue, Mr. Fantastic, and, and, and Sue Storm are going to try and become Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic, um, as they are in the comics. They're trying to get married, but it keeps getting foiled by the fact that they're constantly having to the, save the world. At the same time, a mysterious invader from outer space turns up called the Silver Surfer and uh, basically... Uh, says that the world is going to end if they don't do something about it. In the meantime, they also have to contend with the return of their foe from the first film, <laughs> the amply named Doctor Doom. Yeah, there he is.
1: <laughs> uh, with a healthy,
0: again. healthy supply of just for men in this version. My word, they went a shade darker with his hair. Um, <laughs> but anyway, why did, I, why did I pick this one? So, well, we did Fantastic Four last week, right? We did indeed. Now, I, this was on my list anyway.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And when you'd pick Fantastic Four, I didn't realize just how poorly rated the original Fantastic Four, Mm. as in the one that we did last week was. Mm -hmm. I thought that one was sort of considered to be fine. I didn't think it was considered to be like amazing. I didn't think it was considered to be absolute trash. I thought it was, you know, sort of like well-received. It was okay. It was a good blockbuster. And obviously, it turns out, as we saw last week, it was really poorly received. Now, this I knew was poorly received. Mm-hmm. So I'm going at this, that this is this is underrated. And I thought, well, we did the first one last week. Why not do the second one this week? Um, mm-hmm. So for people who, if there's anyone out there who listens to us who really hates the Fantastic Four, we've definitely lost them.
1: <laughs> um, no, no, they should be even more interested because they yeah. should be desperate to know what kind of argument could we possibly make <laughs> for these films that they hate? What argument can we make to why they could be underrated or underseen? Part Indeed. of the fun, isn't it? Indeed. I bet they're still Indeed. with us. I bet
0: they want to hear it. I bet they want to um, hear it. So, have you seen this one before?
1: No, have not seen it. Have not seen it. So, I was very excited about that one.
0: Okay, then. Okay. So, um, well, what did you think then? Because I'm, I'm interested to know. Obviously, you, you picked it. It's an interesting one, this, because you picked last week's and I picked mm-hmm. this week's, but they're part of the same, you know, two films. that was obviously they didn't make any more. So, the twosome or whatever you want to call it. Um, what did you think?
1: I mean... It was a definite improvement on the first one. I think it's definitely better. I think mm. just objectively it's better. So a, a lot of this, I do think, is going to be a lot of comparisons to the first one. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really think there's anything wrong with that. Obviously no. trying to look at it as its own film, but ultimately it is a sequel and it's it's quite similar to the first one in the sort of vibe and the whole feel of the whole thing. But I do think this was a stark improvement. So I do think... It looks pretty good most of the time, so I particularly like all the space stuff. A lot of it feels like a lot more stylish and not a lot mm. more slick than the first one. And I feel like the quality of the visuals stands up even today, even though we're 16 years later. A lot of the visuals 16 around
0: 16 years.
1: Yes, I know. Yeah, when you said when you think that
0: about is <laughs> absolutely disgusting. That that's like that's a the, whole. That's the worst thing you've ever said to person. me on this podcast.
1: I'm so sorry. That's the, I'm that's so the worst sorry. Thing. The worst thing you've ever said to me
0: on this podcast is that this film was released 16 years 16 ago. 16 years. I remember ago. watching this. As a, a bug-eyed young sixteen-year-old chap, you know, watching it in the cinema, thinking, might not get better than this for comic book films.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Well, there we go. What I, do you positively, I suppose? just yeah.
0: But I, I can't believe it. Sorry, as you were saying, I didn't mean to interrupt. That's, That's fucking okay. disgusting. <laughs>
1: Yeah. On, it's was, disgusting. You I hate so, you. Yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the end of the podcast. Yeah, should get, get ass, Alice, Don't yeah, ever say yeah, that to me again. Done. No, uh, go on. What, what else? Uh, wait till I tell you about Meet Me in St. Louis, man. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Film. I remember um, sitting in the
0: cinema watching Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah,
1: in, uh, <laughs> thinking it's never yeah. going to get better. Yeah, than not,
0: this musical set in St. Louis never going get any better than this. What I thought to myself. <laughs> um,
1: and really, did it? Songs I'm not sure.
0: about trolleys. It's a peak here. This is it.
1: Loved it, man. Loved it. It earned that hundred percent Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> rating. That's right, listeners. If we didn't have that episode, maybe in we got a hundred percent. So a lot of the visuals around is it? Is it galactus, Oh my goodness, the guy, Galacticus, Galactus, Galactus,
0: Galactus. The- yeah. So, so 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 yeah. So in so for the people who haven't seen it, Galactus is it's Galactus. Is it? Right. So so in the comics,
1: the villain. Yeah. Galactus
0: is like, a, he's, he's, an, he's he's one of the Eternals. So a little bit, if you've seen Marvel's The uh, okay. Eternals, yeah. he's, he's one of them. So he's just uh, sort of, I don't know if, I, I don't know. He's not one I know inside and out. He's either a god or a demigod or some sort of massively powerful creature. And he eats planets, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, yum, yum, in yum. the comics, there's a different, ver- I like with anything, you know, they reboot the comics and they look different. So the version in this did get a lot of criticism, which we'll come on to because he's just a big cloud. Sure. Um, but in the comics, he has been a big cloud. But in the comics, he's a he's a guy. He's oh, just a big old fella who okay. literally eats planets like you or I would eat a lovely crisp apple.
1: Right. Oh um, yeah. He reminded the whole thing around it reminded me of oh shit, I forgot it. The thing from the, the Green Lantern. Lantern. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was that called? Parallax. Parallax. Yeah. yeah. It's it a, so, me so, of that. so there
0: was a, there was uh, obviously they, they they released not that far apart. I mean. A lot far apart, I suppose, in, in like film terms, but three or four years apart. Mm-hmm. And I do remember mm-hmm. people saying, "Oh, you know, you need to show the villain. Stop showing us these big fucking clouds." And then, you know, lo and behold, we then <laughs> get, we get like, you know, we got Thanos and all the good Loki and I all the quite like all the, the big all the, scary the good, clouds. I like so, it. So, Yeah, so that's Galactus. He is he is a bit like Parallax, um, although it's not what he is not what he is not displayed in this film. In the traditional sense that people think of him as, which is a guy with a big purple and blue helmet on um, mm-hmm. who is a big planet eater. And the silver surfer in this and in the comics is his herald. So he's the guy who goes to the, I think he's sort of like a scout. He goes to the planets to check them out to see if he can eat them. He's like a restaurant critic, Alice. Yeah, he's he like is a, a little bit, yeah. Um, is this
1: um, edible for uh, my yeah, And the
0: whole deal is that, you know, if he does that for him, he won't eat his planet. Yeah, um, little grass. Do you know what I mean? It's just a grass. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's yeah, that's the deal with that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, big so old I cloud quite, boy.
1: I quite so. I quite like it. I quite like the big old cloud thing, and I'm shocked that you said that some people didn't like it. Oh, right, went if he down is...
0: like a sack of shit. That. oh, that's so interesting. Like, it's,
1: because... it's the
0: main thing that people will say about this film is that the Gal- they, had the, they, they did Galactus and they made it a big CGI cloud, basically. I don't, I hate don't completely it. I don't hate, hate it. it. I don't completely hate it. I'd he like looks, to see. It's
1: scary. It's ominous. It's, yeah, you know, he's a big it's cloud. Like, it's massive. It's yeah. you know, he's he's what's that word for when something is so unbelievably Impe- enormous? I can't I can't remember the word, but so in where it's like all consuming and in, it, in its gigantism, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like it's, it, very, it's, it's imp- just. It is. I imposing. don't think it's the
0: worst comic book decision ever made in a comic book film. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, like it's not. <laughs> It's not showing dead. It's not showing Deadpool's mouth shut in X Men Origins Wolverine. It's yeah. You know, I sort of see the logic behind doing it because mm. I, I I wonder in the in this whether they thought we can't really do the big purple and blue guy justice. Right. Like maybe they just couldn't find a way. You know, there are, there are certain villains that are massive in the comics mm-hmm. that the MCU hasn't even touched. So there have been hints towards Galactus and there have been hints towards Doctor Doom. Well, Doctor Doom and Galactus are the, probably the two biggest Marvel villains. Right. Alongside there's a couple of others that they have touched on. But the mm. ones they've used. So Thanos is a, is a big villain. Mm-hmm. So if you think of that, the big—I would say—the biggest the villains that sort of Marvel have are like our Thanos, Doctor Doom, and Galactus, right? And mm-hmm. uh, there are others as well, and I'm sure there be comic book fans screaming at me as well. But the fact that they haven't got close to doing Doctor Doom and doing Galactus yet, a, it might be because obviously the Fantastic Four haven't been done yet because of licensing reasons and stuff like that. But b, it might—I don't—I just wonder if what they're trying to do is build the world that they have done and in the meantime try and figure out how they're gonna do it because they are quite sort of daft villains you know if you think of like to put loki in the mcu makes sense and to put thanos in the a- 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 mcu makes sense and any alien or robot you can say but a big planet eating alien i think that's quite a lot and i remember when when even, you know, when they did like Captain America, you've got to bear in mind the MCU is built on a load of heroes that Marvel, the comic book company, sold off because they were going bankrupt. And they sold off what they thought were the heroes that they'd never really get, get much joy out of. Mm. So that's why they sold Iron Man and Captain America and Thor. And lo and behold, we're, you know, we're 15 years or whatever it is into the MCU now. And we've got successful franchises built off a World War II propaganda super soldier, a space Viking. Do you know what I mean? And a guy who builds builds himself a, a super suit that flies around, and all that sort of stuff, as well as you know, a guy who's bit by a spider, and a guy that's an, an ant, and all the other stuff. So, I just wonder: are they waiting to 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 build it up and put them in, mm-hmm. or why are they trying to figure it out? So, sort of circling back to our original point, I'm not sure the cloud thing is the stupidest thing ever, <laughs> but I can also see if you know if you went into this really excited for. For Galactus, you would be disappointed. Yeah, the traditional sense. Yeah, Yeah. I get
1: that. And I I do get that. And I know that people do get disappointed when maybe it strays too far from the source material or whatever. And if you're expecting something and those expectations aren't met, then that could be quite disappointing. So fair enough. But as as a person who's obviously never read the comic books, my my understanding and, and knowledge of the comic books is so, so like superficial, surface level. I know the odd thing. And most of it is just stuff that Ollie's told me. Because he has a much sort of deeper interest in everything.
0: Obviously, you've said they—you didn't know loads about the comic books. Did you know about the Silver Surfer? Had you heard of him?
1: No, I'd, I don't think so. I'd known. Oh, does he come up? Does he come up in in Wonder or something? Or is that no? That's that Quick Silver. Oh, quick Silver. Yeah, oh, a lot see. of silver no, guys. So then, no, I, I, a lot of silver guys. So I knew, I knew that silver. I knew that this film was like. Fantastic Four on the silver screen. I didn't know what that meant. I, yeah. I didn't know what he looked like, what he was about, what he stood for, anything. So no, I had no idea. But I really liked him. I thought he was a really mm. great character, just visually and sort of what he stands for as well. I thought he he comes across as very compelling after mm. about five lines of dialogue and with like some of these characters they don't even feel that compelling after two films sort of thing so i really liked him he sort of visually reminded me a bit of a cross between the T1000 and doctor manhattan from watchmen yeah he so is i a quite enjoyed bit. that yeah when he's all liquidy uh, so I I really enjoyed him. Do you like him as a character? Yeah, I, he's not one of I've read
0: loads of. There was a there was a cartoon in the nineties along. You know the oh, do you know it? the X Men cartoons from the nineties?
1: Vaguely, like yeah, I know what that looks like. Around the yeah. same time,
0: there was a Silver Surfer one as well, or hmm. he, he was in those or whatever. Um, so I do know him. Um, he is one I believe they're trying to get into the MCU because there's a lot of talk about Keanu Reeves playing him, mm. but not but in the same way in this. So yeah, it would be. It would be it would be CGI and he would do the voice.
1: That's funny because wasn't Lawrence Fishburne doing the voice? Yeah,
0: yeah, and in, then and then um, the guy who plays Cipher. is going to do it. Yeah, <laughs> Trinity's going to do it next. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Trinity's no, going to pop
1: up. Carry on. I've seen a few it. people saying like Keanu
0: Reeves has the sort of voice, but then is it because he's so affiliated
1: with surfing? <laughs> Well, yeah, it made me think of Point Break immediately, that when you said yeah. that. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so anyway, what, what else? What else did you like?
1: So I do feel like the kind of the whole story, the idea, the vision, whatever you want to call it, it all feels a lot more focused in this film than in mm. the first one and just a lot more clearer. I think it's more obvious what the characters want and what their motivations are, why people are doing certain things, which is just obviously just some basic expectations that you have when you watch a film is that all that stuff is is nice and clear for you. But because I feel like the first one was lacking a bit in those areas, mm. it was just kind of a bit of relief that mm. it was in this one and then they would sort of learnt from their mistakes. Um, some of the performances I thought were better in this as well. Not amazing, but certainly an improvement. There's a bit of more kind of relationship development between Johnny and Reed, which I quite enjoyed. And mm. at times I found that quite funny and quite endearing and i felt more invested in those two as a pairing than i did in reed and susan to be quite honest <laughs> Into the I've people just people like get two getting films married. they're just it's just been like two films of of that relationship being forced down our throats and mm-hmm. i'm just I'm, i just don't really like i don't feel it at all but i'll come on to that in the dislikes probably a little bit more what were kind of the key things for you in this then, especially watching it this time around, that you thought actually yeah. that is excellent or that is really good? Yeah,
0: I enjoyed it just as much this time. I did. I did enjoy mm. it. I do enjoy it more than the first one. I think the first one is a little. It's fine. Like we touched that on last on that last week, but I do think it's a little bland and a little formulaic, which I think they do a little bit more in this, which I really like. I think it works well as a sequel. So mm. I know that sounds probably like a silly thing to say, but it. You know the these things don't often work as sequels. Sometimes they keep them as standalone films and sometimes they follow them along and, and, and all that sort of stuff. So there's some good character development like you've already touched on. So for example, in the first one, Ben Grimm gets a lot more play in terms of him dealing with being the thing, whereas in this one, Johnny gets a little bit more of a story arc in terms of growing up and coming into himself and being a little bit less of a cocky sort of playboy. There's some good ideas in it as well. So things like, you know, what's the the big thing that everyone associates, particularly with the Fantastic Four, is that they are pretty much a family and that they work as a team. And you see that in this, I really like that in this. And the the way that they do that, which I think is quite good in this, is that the they bring in a plot device, which is that through interaction with the Silver Surfer, Johnny's sort of powers and molecules are disrupted. So if he touches one of the other Fantastic Four, he swapped powers with them. And I think it's quite an interesting dynamic. I don't think it was something that had been done much at the time. And they do a lot with it in terms of, yes, they use it for comedy. So, you know, they have him swapped with the thing and he's all handsome. And then he looks at the thing. So he's like, oh, no, I'm an ugly rock man. This um, <laughs> is what I think every morning when I wake up. But anyway, um, well, then, you know, they also do things like they figure out that they can all give him his powers in, in and in a sort of end of Power Rangers all making loads of dinosaurs into one big dinosaur robot type thing. They make one, <laughs> they make a fantastic one <laughs> from the Fantastic Four. So I thought, um, I thought that was quite good. Um, and it, you know, it was playful. It was funny. It was good character progression, I thought. Um, I do think controversially we've touched on the villain. I think the villain in this is better than the villain in the first one. And obviously Doctor Doom is in both. But I think the, the overall inciting incident and threat is better than, than the first one because the first one, one of my main criticisms, if you if you cast your mind back to the, the long old time ago of last week was hmm. he doesn't seem to have a plan, he doesn't seem yeah. to have a motivation, he's uh-huh. just doing stuff to be arch. Whereas in this, okay, it's it's simple and it's quite basic, but the plan is well, he, he has to consume planets to live and he's coming to the planet, so you better you know, you better sort it all out. And Doom Doom is back, but Doom is back as a sort of subplot to the whole thing. Um, and even Doom's plan in this makes more sense, which is revenge, I suppose, against the Fantastic Four. So so I quite like that. Um, Captain Holt's in this. Um, <laughs>
1: oh, oh, so just just being Captain Holt, just great as well, to see, right? isn't it? Just great being him. Oh, yeah, yeah really um, entertaining. If you don't
0: know, if you don't watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, we're talking about Andre Brower. I think it's Brower. I think it's how like, that's how you, uh, how you pronounce it. um Who is a character of Brooklyn Nine Nine? Um, he's been he's been in loads of stuff. He's got a very storied career, but to a lot of people, he is <laughs> Captain Holt. Yeah, um, definitely
1: for for younger audiences. Yeah, for modern audiences <laughs> um, for sure.
0: Yeah, and then just to touch on you, I think that the production design looks good. First one, like we touched on last week, really bold and really colourful, and this keeps mm. that, but it does dim it down slightly, so I think it looks just a little bit sleeker and a little bit cooler. And mm-hmm. just to finish as well, I just I think they nail the Silver Surfer in terms of his design, his look, his voice, yeah. the way he moves, the way he is. Yep. Yep. We'll come on to so. it a little bit. I think he could have been used more, but I think, yeah, I think he's absolutely, um, I think they nail it in
1: this. Yeah, agreed with everything you just said. We'll move on now then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film, or perhaps anything that we would change. So go on, Josh. I reckon. I reckon there's probably yeah. gonna be a few things Yeah, there us. is. There's
0: a, there's a couple of things. So first and foremost, I'd be interested to know what you'd um, what you think of this. But oh, the fucking dance scene.
1: The dance uh, scene
0: at the stag 2, or bachelor party, as they oh call it God. in America. I can't Reed even remember. Reed dances, and he uses his powers to dance.
1: Oh, a lot, and he's like twisting around the ladies. Yeah, and it's then Jasper Alba walks.
0: Just Susan, bit, sorry,
1: walks it, in and sees that yeah, yeah, I just
0: was like, didn't need it. Mm-hmm. Didn't, didn't need that scene at all. It's almost like the, that's the sort of thing that someone comes up with and no one goes. That doesn't really fit. Yeah. Don't mean no one will say no to the person who's suggesting it because it's usually someone in control or power or or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, that, what did you think of that scene? So I I I didn't know if you'd say oh no, actually I didn't I didn't mind that scene or there's just it's just a bit yeah. I, mean,
1: not I bothered didn't on even that remember scene. it. I no. I literally didn't even remember right. it. Right, so it didn't have an effect on you almost, then. So okay. yeah, I don't think it impacted me at all. Okay. But it's almost like they they took out all the stuff of Susan Storm being kind of almost naked all the time and having Mm. to do that um you know but turning invisible but then becoming not invisible again with her underwear and stuff all and all that they Mm. sort of took that out but then had to put this in right
0: we've got it's like we've
1: got to have some ladies doing some sexy stuff do you know sexy
0: ladies haven't you like who is gonna go watch a film without sexy ladies or sexy men in it now exactly what what a waste of money (laughs)
1: um
0: no (laughs) um so there's so so that re- brings me nicely into my next point, which is Sue, which is I just don't think she's given as much to do in this. I remember yeah. watching the first one for last week's episode and th- and, and I would falsely remembered that they didn't give her loads to do and that mm-hmm. she was there to be a bit of a damsel in distress mm-hmm. and to get, you know, get her kit off because she had to turn invisible and stuff like that. But actually, I was pleasantly surprised last mm-hmm. week because I do think they made her the sort of emotional heart of the team, the driving force of the team... Keeping the you know, keeping the other three in line sort of thing. So I and, and she had that emotional connection with the villain as well. So I remember thinking that last week. Whereas in this, the only defining thing I can think about her role in this film is two things. One, the Silver Surfer doesn't does not does not do something to her because she looks like his girlfriend. No, yeah. Oh, and the other one that's is, a, is that's
1: a real Martha moment. Isn't yeah. It? And, <laughs>
0: and the other thing is is she just wants to get married because as we know, Alice, that's all women want.
1: It's all it's women everything. want. I've told you this, John. You just want bloody, you, <laughs> you know, you,
0: you just want to get married, don't you? Yeah. That's all you want, all of you. I've asked every, all, every single one of you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was a bit, I, I'd forgotten just how much it was her getting upset that she wasn't getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a touch of that with this. Then the other thing as well, that just to finish on, is that the Silver Surface should be in it more.
1: Yeah. I agree to
0: call that. it the rise of the Silver Surfer, well, he doesn't... There's no rise involved. He's powerful when he gets there, and, and that's it. Yeah,
1: there, what is the rise? That is a very good point. Yeah. What is uh, the should, rise? It What's should just be called... It,
0: they could have just called it the Fantastic Four and the Silver Surfer. And
1: the Silver Surfer. Yeah, and the arrival get, of
0: the Silver Surfer.
1: Because <laughs> at the very end, the arrival... Because at the end, he he's sort of unconscious floating through space he's dead and then he kind of wakes up doesn't he he does the whole sacrifice himself that's the rise of the silver Surfer. that end split second of the film right that's what you're talking about and
0: that's the tease of the film they obviously never made but um, anyway that's about it from me but you know a couple of things there that do drag it down a little bit which could have probably been fixed what about you then I bet you've got a couple of bits to say is it that there's not enough wedding stuff in it because you love weddings
1: no there's not enough I want it to be all about that she should have married the silver surfer it should have been, have should been, called have been the marriage of the silver looking surfer.
0: at plates looking at the menu <laughs> looking at the DJ, yeah i want all
1: of it <laughs> so so the script the dialogue the delivery all of that it's not great right so it is certainly an improvement on the first film but it's still not amazing and i think overall that is the biggest problem with this film for me and then bouncing off that i really don't give a shit about reed and susan I really don't Mm. about their relationship. Their relationship is such a huge focus of both these films and I could not care less. Like we are not given anywhere near enough backstory of the two of them to be invested in them as a couple. And considering how time-consuming their relationship is in these films, I need like a 10-minute prologue of the two of them years ago, getting together, enjoying each other, then breaking up in heart-wrenching conditions or something, right? You can't just start this story by being like, oh yeah, these two used to be together, then they broke up, but then they still like each other and they'll get back together eventually and all this. I was like, I was like, you can't just tell me that I need to see it. I need to feel it. I need to care about these characters. There was like the occasional time where it reminded me a little bit of Tony Stark and Pepper Potts, except Mm. just done much worse. And I think that part of the problem with this film and with the film in general is that there is so little show don't tell. Throughout both films, yes. everything is told to the audience in explicit terms. There is no reading between the lines. there's no subtle language or body language or reactions, etc., to endi- indicate that something is deeper you know than it seems on surface level. You just get told as the audience, you know we used to be together now we're trying to make it work, and you should care about this and feel emotionally invested well, I don't, I'm not, and it just grew tiresome like i just I just yeah. did not care about that. I cared more, like I said before about Reed and Johnny that mm. there's their, their relationship was more fun it was more endearing because it's just always it just always feels like susan comes on screen and she's like well reed you were the reason that this this and this and he's like <laughs> oh i'm so sorry but we can be together because i love you so much and all this and i was just oh it was just boring yeah and boring. i think not for me
0: this is a it's a bit of a throwback to when this sort of love interest slash relationship device was used in every, not just comic book film, but every blockbuster film to try and to try and you know you put two actors together and and hope that they sparkle and and, and all that sort of stuff and, and and to bring a, a, a touch of romance or emotional depth to the story. But even if you look at both films together, there is no reason why they couldn't have just already been together. Mm-hmm. Like they could have just or it could have already been married.
1: Do you, you know, know what it I mean? Because
0: they could have just been two scientists that both work for Doctor Doom. Yeah. And if you want that emotional depth of the fact that Victor, you know, vi- you know. i tell you what, here's something I'd change, okay, about both films, which is why does so So one of the things we touched on last week is there's no reason why Victor hates them. He seems to hate Sue because she runs off with Reed and they get Mm. together. Okay, so he's a little jilted boy and he's all unhappy. But what if, for example, they're already together, they're a married couple already, they go up to do the mission where they get their powers and there's another scientist who is going out with Victor and she doesn't survive.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He blames them. There's your villain's motivation.
1: Yeah, that's much better.
0: Do you know what I mean? Like something like that where, where, where they're just... It just doesn't need to be there, does it? That that the drive, you know, the the whole thing of the, their wedding and stuff. It just doesn't need to. It doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that the thing in this could have been because it's hinted at. They sort of there's a the, they try and fit a bit too much into it, don't they? With the whole well, if we have kids, this isn't a normal life. Well, that could have been the emotional part of the story, and instead mm-hmm. it's just sort of thrown away, picked back up again, and thrown away. It's like, well, how do we raise kids in this life? Never mentioned again, and then. I thought you two were going off. Yeah, well, what's a normal life anyway? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me as well, I'd be interested to get your opinion. It, it, the one thing I noticed watching both of them this time around. Do you and Grifford and Jessica Albert, do they work together? Like, do they have much chemistry? Do you do you buy them as a couple?
1: No, well, I don't. Because I don't think I, I do. I just, I, I assumed that it was because of the writing. Around Mm. them. I thought it was just because the script around them is quite weak because it's, they're, because they're so, they're using really basic language and tropes and techniques to really force this connection and to get you as the audience to really care about them and be rooting for them. But it just doesn't work. So I don't know if it's performance or if it's, if it's the writing or if maybe it's a bit of both. I don't know. But it's not like I just, I just don't care. I really just don't care. Like, and that, it's not that I'm incapable of caring. Like, I love a good, you know, love story, sort of where it's appropriate and when it's well-written, but I just didn't give a fuck <laughs> about about their relationship at all. And so then when you've got so much of the film devoted to the fact that they keep trying to get married and it keeps getting messed up, I was like, oh, I don't care. It's like, oh, we're back in these scenes again. No, don't give a shit. Like, it and it was just so, it was just such a huge part of the film. And I just think maybe like i said a well-written maybe 10 minute prologue at the very very beginning that shows us something shows something happening between them develops that relationship you know gives gives their feelings towards each other meaning maybe something happened and one of them had to make a really tough decision as to why they couldn't be together or something do you know what i mean there's so many ways to do it and they just didn't do it and it was just it really lets the film down i think All right, so we'll move on now then to talking about the critical reception. So I haven't seen this, and you think this is underrated?
0: Hmm, I do.
1: I definitely think this is better than the first one. So I will take that into consideration. So I think the lowest score for the first one was around 28% from the critics. I've
0: got it here. Do you want me to tell you what the average for the first one was?
1: Yeah, yeah. So
0: the average for the first one was 43% or four and a bit out of
1: 10. Okay, so I definitely think this is going to be higher. Probably not loads. Um, So I reckon I'd probably give this one like a high five. Okay. I reckon it maybe got a little less than that, and I'll say it got a low 5. I'll say that this got a 5.2 or oh. a 52, Okay, is where I'm going to send with that.
0: So that would be underrated in your that eyes? That
1: would be a little bit underrated for me, yeah.
0: So at the time of recording, then over on IMDb. Gets 5.6 out
1: of 10. okay. So I'm sort of leaning with with them there. Yeah, not not too
0: bad, not too bad. Rotten Tomatoes, the audience, they give it a very similar 51%. Oh, okay. Then then we head over to the critics and they give it 38%, which (laughs) averages out at 48% or 4.8 out of 10. So is that underrated then?
1: Yes, I do think that's underrated. And I'm not given how sort of low the first one was scored, I'm not totally surprised at those mm. ratings. I was. but I do think were you, yeah, yeah. Did so you think I thought this I wrong. thought this
0: did worse than the first like did I you, thought yeah. the first one, didn't I? Was sort of
1: did not right, well received,
0: yeah. but middling, and I thought ah. this was really poorly received. So the fact that this actually did better. I was surprised. You don't often see the second one doing better than the first one in these sorts of scenarios, so I, right. I was surprised by that. But yeah, so you're saying underrated them?
1: I yeah, I do think that's underrated. Yeah. What about you?
0: Yeah, no, I think so. I think so. It's not. Listen, it's not. You know, it's not. It's not amazing, but it's I for me, it's a solid six out of ten film. Okay, there we go. Then uh, that's another one in the bag. So both Fantastic Four films from two thousand and five and two thousand and seven. Yeah, both uh, we think that they're underrated. Uh, next week, Fantastic Four three. Um, no, uh, which, well, which wasn't...
1: I think we've, we haven't. We got to do Fantastic Four from twenty fifteen. Which, from what I've seen, did not do very well at all. But I haven't seen it. Is that on your list, Josh? No. I'd love it if that was on your list. No. no. I can't Maybe bring I myself
0: to... to pick that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Me.
1: Oh, I'll have to go away and watch that separately. Uh, if, it's if you that think bad. it's
0: underrated, we'll do it this time next year.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. If you yeah, watch it, you, and watch. you think it's underrated. This
0: time next year, we'll do it. I'll make that. I'll. I'll, I'll give you that promise now.
1: I mean, um, let me tell you now, the scores are so bad. Oh, yeah, I are. think unless unless the film is actually like a really poorly made film, then maybe it could be. Maybe <laughs> I could find the argument that it is underrated. How about that? I'll have a look. I'll have a look.
0: We will be back next week with another film and episode in your ears in all the usual places, so keep an eye out for that. In the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. And if you want to follow us on social media, we're on all the usual social media platforms if you search for just films and that. And you'll find us, give us a follow, get in touch if you've got a film suggestion, we'd love to hear it. We're also on the television as well, aren't we Alice?
1: We are indeed. Every Friday from 6pm you can find us on the local TV network. So, if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool or the northeast of England, you can find us on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or, if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you'll find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. So that's every Friday evening from 6pm, me and Josh talking about all our favourite underrated and underseen films and I'm also uploading the episodes onto Daily Motion. So if you head on over there and just search for just films and that then we'll pop up for you you can see our lovely faces talking about underrated (laughs) films
0: yes lots of ways to see us and hear us Uh, get in touch with us suggest a film and all that sort of stuff but all that remains to be said is thank you very much for listening we'll see you next week it's goodbye from me cheerio
1: bye